Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, I'm a longtime listener and love the show. I have a question for you about Amazon. Uh, just wondering if you think the current price is a, a good price to get in, or if you would wait for a pullback, and, and if a pullback, at uh, what price do you think is a good price to buy? And provides unbiased answers. Let's call it thirty-five sixty before I'd be a buyer. Or breaks down to the support is at thirty-one thirty or so to thirty-one seventy. Breaks down there, that'd be the buy point. Invest talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hello, this is Andrew from Atlanta. Big fan of the show and greatly appreciate the information. I was calling to inquire about ticker symbol SWBI. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 2nd, 2021. July 4th week in a couple days. Just a couple days, July 4th. We are now just uh, two days away from it. So, I don't know about you, but we're having a big barbecue at my house, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Not looking too forward to all the work, but I do enjoy having all the family over. Kind of fun. Anyways, we are uh, the the market will be closed on Monday, by the way, in case you didn't know. That will be the hub of day for the market and most everybody else. That's July 5th. Okay. <clears throat> and I'll have one of the best of Invest Talk shows going. Uh, it's a compilation of various questions and topics and things. So so it'd be best of the podcast, move at, at a pretty fast fast pace. So get a lot of questions answered there. On today's program and podcast, we always operate with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And of course we always try to ensure that we give you only the facts. Only what you need, what you ask about. Because you drive the show. we I, mean, I could talk about what I think is important, but it may not be important to you. So I like, I like the feedback from you. And we promise to give you only the facts. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me, call me, ask questions right now. Our lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Again, you shape the show where you want it to go. Okay? And we're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so we're live right now. And again, you know, if you can't call us during the live show, you can still leave your question. We'll answer the questions as fast as we can in the days ahead. And uh, But you can call now and get on the air, 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and get right to the first question. Hey there, this is Joe from Elk Grove, California. I had a question. I heard Steve on the podcast for the 25th, just this last Friday, that he thought it was a good time to buy into Tyson Foods uh, as a good entry point. I was curious if I know they're losing money on transportation right now, is that going to factor into their profit and loss and their financials when it actually comes out? So I just wanted to see if we could look into that a little bit more if I happen to know for a fact pretty much every food company is losing money on transportation right now. What's that going to look like on their financials when they have to, uh, to report? 
And is it really a good time? I'd like to revisit Tyson Foods. Thanks, guys. Okay, pro, uh, produces beef, chicken, pork related allied products. And we talked about it, as he said, about a week ago. TSN is a symbol. Um, and they are $73 stock selling for uh, with a $6.41 earnings per share next year. That's up 6% from this year. This year is up from 9% from last year. So sales increased in the most recent quarter by 4%. But it's never it's a it's a twenty six twenty seven billion dollar company, so it's never going to have great growth prospects. So what you do is you buy it when it seems to be uh, on a lower price basis. So if they're seventy three dollars right now a share, seventy three dollars and sixty two cents to be exact, divided by next year's uh, earnings to six dollars and forty one cents. That's the estimate, and you get okay. I might want to turn on the calculator before I. Uh, do the math divided by 641 and you get a 4p of 11 almost 11 and a half well the range is 8 to 19 so it's closer to the low low end of the range and it's the top end so i kind of like it and return equity is 14 percent cash flow is eight dollars and eighty cents management's own two percent Mutual funds are neither buyers nor seller. They own about 46% of the company. They pay 2.4% dividend. I, I, from a longevity point of view, will the transportation costs eat into their profits? Yes. So will they be able to increase pro, uh, prices to make up for that? I think they will be able to do that. Inflation is going to make these companies uh, make it easier for them to raise prices. It's going to be easier for them to raise prices because everybody knows we have inflation and they're going to be raising prices. I think they can maintain their profit margin. That's really the issue. Can they maintain their profit margins regardless of the transportation costs? And I think they can. My focus point today concerns this question. Has the market already picked a winner in the electric vehicle race? Obviously, you, everybody knows who the, who the, who uh, what stock has been overpriced and has been and and is the darling of the electric vehicle industry, and that's Tesla. So that's what we're talking about. I mean, if you can't figure that out just by that statement, you know this. You're not you're not really paying attention. So my trivia question. Well, I have a trivia question that also will focus. How much money would you need to earn to be considered wealthy? How much money do you need to earn to be considered wealthy? Because, you know, politicians think people are wealthy if they're middle class. Because they, they, that's how they define wealthy, because that's who they go after to tax. We're only going to tax the wealthy. Well, that's middle class. Don't, I've been around long enough to know that, that when they say, well, we're going to tax the wealthy, that's a cold word for expected, expected tax increase, everybody. Just expect to increase in taxes. But that's going to be my trivia question. Since it's Friday, I'll also share some highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter that I put out this morning. And other topics, time permitted, I want to talk about the jobs report that was released this morning. Very good jobs report, but the unemployment rate went up, not down. Hmm. The five biggest Dow losers, Dow Industrial 30, Dow Industrial 30s for this year so far. Is that a good thing or a bad thing to invest in now or, get, or stay away from? I'll give you the names. And, you know, OPEC 
as meeting. Now, we, when OPEC used to meet years ago, I mean, it was big news because if they're going to cut production or increase production, we, meaning the United States, was extremely dependent on oil prices because we were extremely dependent on foreign oil. Now, not so much. I mean, our foreign policy was dictated by foreign oil, okay? Not so much today because we produce a lot of our own oil. We were oil independent. I don't know if we still are, but we're close to it. But OPEC is meeting, and they're talking about production cuts or production increases. I think that they will—I know that—well, we'll talk about it and tell you what I'll tell you what I know. 888-99 chart is our number. That's uh, the market was up today, 153 points for the Dow, 117 points for the Nasdaq, and 32 points for the S&P 500. So we had a pretty good day today. Is the market going to continue up? I mean, it's made up its correction, except you know where it didn't make up its correction in the Dow. Dow is still kind of not made new highs yet whereas the QQQs have and the SPY has, but it seems like the market's starting to hesitate to me. But we'll see. I'm looking at different uh, different uh, technical indicators that kind of are telling me that we might, might have some... I, I think we're going to have a volatile summer. I do. I really think we do. We will have a volatile summer. I don't think the whole summer's going to go by and we're going to look back and say, hmm, not much happened. But we'll see. You know, that's just my, you know, because I've been doing this so long, I, you know, you get a feel for it, what's going to happen. And, of course, no one knows for sure. No one. Don't ever expect anybody, anybody to be able to predict accurately with any consistency of what's going to happen in the market. You can't. It's impossible. I've been around too long and listened to too many different pundits. It's just not possible. Yeah, you can be... You can you can you can hedge your bets. You can I could say stuff like the market has an upward bias and that's about eight, nine, ten percent a year, and therefore the market probably go up this year. Well, yeah, I could say that. And P probably pretty accurate about it, but that's about as accurate as anybody's ever done. So anyways, we're headed into a quick break. The Invest Talk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. It's our last live show until next Tuesday, everybody. So you got to call 888-99-CHART. If you enjoy listening to Invest Talk, you can help support our programming by giving us your vote of confidence, a five-star rating. So download, review, rate, and don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm a long-time listener and love the show. I have a question for you about Amazon. Uh, just wondering if you think the current price is a, a good price to get in or if you would wait for a pullback. And, and if a pullback, at uh, what price do you think is a good price to buy? Thank you. Amazon. Everybody knows Amazon. A-M-Z-N dominates the online business. You know, it's growing still very fast. Uh, they're going to, there's a $3,510 stock, uh, 1.7 trillion market cap size. That's how big it is. 
They're going to make $73.04 a share next year, up 31%. This year, up 33%. So, yeah, what, there's not, you can't say too many bad things about Amazon. really can't, other than maybe it's too big for its britches. Uh, right now, it's right at its old highs. It's been at this high 35.52, 35.54, twice. Once back in, what year is that? 2019 at 35.52, and then once just last year, last year, April it was April this year at 35.54, and here's at 35.10. So this is the area it has hesitated at. So I I would wait till it either breaks above 35. Oh, let's call it 35.60 before I'd be a buyer. Or breaks down to the support is at 31.30 or so to 31.70. Breaks down there, that'd be the buy point. But you don't want to break it right now as it reaches its high. And it was up, you know, $78 today. 2.2% this week. $78 this week, I should say. So it's trying to break that old high. I think I'd wait till it broke 35.54. And then we don't know how high it's going to go. So either wait for that to break out, like we call that a breakout, technically speaking, or wait for a pullback in the 31.30 to 31.70 area and buy it there. That would be my suggestion. Amazon, everybody. My focus point today concerns the question, has the market already picked a winner in the EV race? Tesla's lofty valuation, about 137 times forward price earnings ratio, speaks volumes about them because look at every any other car company no car no other car company has that kind of valuation and you know the other car companies are going to start producing and already have in line and you've seen advertising for their electric vehicles um so but the market has says tesla's the clear winner or else they wouldn't evaluate it so high car companies historically have very low pe ratios Okay, very low because they're so costly. You know, there's so many things that go into building a car. You've got to build a factory. You've got to, you know, pay high union wages and on and on and on. And therefore, they never really earned much of a uh, P.E. ratio. They, they always were very kind of low value, value kind of stock. Well, Tesla is not. So. Well, who's going to be the next biggest challenge for Tesla? Well, I think Volkswagen's probably right. It's going to be the one that's going to give them the worst time. GM and Ford are, are doing very well. They've had the most, they made the most money this year so far than they had in many, many years. So they're, 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 they're all, all these, all these Ford, all these auto companies are going to be trying to pick catch up with Tesla. And Tesla is going to lose market share to these companies. Just It's just going to happen. But I have a hard time paying that kind of money for Tesla. I really do. I always have. You know, it's just, just too expensive for me. You're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're now into the third quarter of the year. Your goal of financial freedom will require information and effective strategies. So... We're taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
The 4th of July is almost here, and as we move through summer, you'll want and need unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Dennis in Dublin, California. Dennis. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Hey, anyway, my question is in regards to a ticker, FNV company, Franco Nevada Corporation. I'd like to more or less, if I could, get your take on this company. And also, if what might be a good entry point onto this stock. Okay. Uh, this is Canadian Gold Focus Royalty and Stream Company with over 374 royalty and stream properties interests. So they own interests in gold mining companies. And the, the streaming of that income is what you're looking at. Pays a small dividend, not much. But the earnings are pretty hefty growth. They're going to grow 27% this year, then another 4% next year at three, to be a $3.58 a share, and it's $147 stock. So it's not cheap. There's, you can't say it's a cheap stock. But when sales are growing in the 28% last quarter, 18 before, 19% before, that, it's kind of hard to, you know, is it a growth stock? Uh, well, sales growth is pretty spectacular. Earnings are growing pretty fast, so I guess you can call it a sales growth stock, but it's going to be, you know, very dependent on the price of gold because that's what the streaming income's coming from. And you wanted a buy point. Well, about 145. So this is a, probably a pretty decent buy point right here, right where it is, 147.74. It felt the 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 has strong support at 145 and strong resistance at about 155. So it's it's not not a bad place, you know. It, it's had for two months now. It's been trading in that range, and for a real true breakout, it's got to break break above a one hundred sixty six dollar price. That's the high all time high uh, last year. So we'll see if it can do that. But this is a pretty decent buy price. I mean, ideally, you would love to be able to buy about one. 20 to 122 somewhere in there but i don't i don't know if you're going to get that ideal price i just don't think you will thanks for the call appreciate it Dan, dennis i appreciate it you know on fridays i generally take, take time uh, a quick rundown of the benchmark numbers so let me hit some of those the two-year treasury yield was 0.238 percent 0.23 not quite a quarter percent and for perspective it was uh, 0.27 a little over a quarter percent two weeks ago Gold, 1781 per ounce. Last week it was 1777. So up just a tad. Silver today, $26.47. Last week it was $25.98. So that's up as well. Nothing major though. Uh, oil. Oil was selling for $75.01 per barrel. Last week, $74.06. So up two. Two weeks back it was $71.99. Oil has been pretty much increasing and getting pretty toppy, I, ho- I think. The national average for a gallon of ga- regular gasoline, $3.12. It was three oh eight last week. In California, four twenty eight. It was four twenty five last week. Now, in Nevada, 
is showing gasoline price at $3.74. So it's very frustrating when you when when we when I read these numbers and I know how much more we're spending for no earthly reason other than politics. It really irritates me uh, that we have to pay so much more to, to pour gasoline than anybody else. We shouldn't. We mean in California, it's because we use a lot. We have oil. And you would think the, the, the places like the Midwest or the Northeast or wherever, where it's harder to get uh, refined products to them, it would cost more. And it doesn't. It costs more in California. Don't understand that. I do understand it. Makes me mad. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Jobs report came out today. There was 850,000 new jobs produced uh, in June. That's the official number, 850,000. They expected 706,000, so it's quite a bit more than expectations. And last month, it was 583,000. So it was a pretty darn good number. The unemployment rate, 5.9%. They thought with those 850,000 jobs that it would, you would think it would drop because they expected it to be 5.6% at 706,000 jobs. They estimated, but it jumped to 5.9. Last month, it was 5.8. You should ask the question, why would the unemployment rate go up if more people found more jobs? Because more people are entering the workplace. The way the government counts is off. It's always off. A better way to look at it is the labor participation rate, which is 61.6%. 61.6%. And looking at that number month to month is a better way to look at it. But we really don't, do we? Okay, um, when talking about financial assets, the term rich is relative. If you make a lot of money in America, where you live has a lot to do with whether you can think of yourself as truly wealthy. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. How much money do you need to earn to be classified as rich in your state? After break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage your investment questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. For example, browse by episode title for potential questions and answers on 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate investing, commentary on growth stocks, listener stock picks, and more. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. Okay, before the break, I gave you my trivia question. How much money do you need to earn to be rich in your state? So to get an idea of what it means to be rich in America, uh, gobankingrates.com used the IRS data to conduct a study of the top incomes. Now, as classified by state, it lays out what income levels needed to place a resident in the top 5% or the top 1% of incomes within that state. And, of course, I can't go through all 50, right? You know, it's just impossible. I can't go through all 50 states. But I, I did pick out a few. Wyoming, the average adjusted gross income of the top 5% of earners in that state is $675,000. The top 1% is $2.2 million. Pretty high for Wyoming, I think. Because you look at Delaware, the average adjustable gross income, the top 5% is 436000 Remember, Wyoming is 675000 Delaware is uh, 436 And it's only a little over a million to be the top 1%, where it was over $2 million for Wyoming. Hawaii, you would think that would be, oh, you got to be rich to live in Hawaii. No. <laughs> the top 5% is 393000 uh, the top one, 929000 
So it's less than both those states. North Carolina, 460,000, top 5%. 1.1 million, top 1%. California, of course, I know you were waiting for that one, weren't you? You want to know what California is. Okay. The top 5%, you need to make $758,000. The top 1%, 2.2 million. Now, what do you think the average income in America is? The average American income for 2019 was 68703 Pretty interesting number, I thought. We'll get to the newsletter highlights in a couple of minutes, but now let's keep the pace going and go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener line in New York, a listener in New York. Hey, Justin or Steve, this is Dylan in Brooklyn. I have a question for you guys. just want to thank you first for everything you guys do. Really appreciate it. I um, was wondering if you know anything about Atosa Therapeutics, ticker ATOS. They're a debt-free company developing breast cancer treatment drugs. I uh, got in earlier this month and pretty much up 100%, pretty much doubled in the past month, and wondering if you think it's a good stock to hold or if I should ring that register. Appreciate everything. I hope to hear the answer on the podcast. Okay. Altosa Therapies develops noble proprietary therapeutics and delivering delivery methods to breast cancer and other breast conditions. It's a small company, $648 million. They lose money. They've lost money every year since they've existed. They're going to lose money next year again, 14 cents a share. They're going to lose 15 cents a share this year. They lost $1.97 cents a share. So they're losing less money. A couple, three years ago, the stock was selling for like 40 bucks. Now it's $5.37. If you doubled your money, my personal belief is you should take the money and run. Because they don't make money. It's impossible to know where they're going to go. You don't know. I don't know. They don't make money. They don't even report sales. They're burning money. So management owns 4%. Funds owed 6%. But it's a tiny company. And don't, you know, it's so small, funds can't really buy it anyways. So it would be difficult for them to get involved. It has a nice, it had a nice bounce from $0.80 cents a share. So, so, you know, who knows where it's going to go? I don't have a clue. Too risky for me. Uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning. Well, about noontime, I'd say. Uh, in the market condition section, the first section, the market is stating, the market is starting to show signs of hesitation again. The minor correction is over, but as soon as the indexes reach their old highs, they began to waver. I'm referring to the broad market. The tech stocks have done well and clearly broke above their old highs, while the big industrials did not do so. We expect a lot of back-and-forth jockeying. This is the newsletter. This is in the first section, market conditions section. So there's going to be a number of winners, and there's going to be a number of losers for the summer. On the economic side, the new trillion-dollar infrastructure package is a done deal. Uh, that will boost the economy and should benefit certain groups of stocks and possibly the market overall. Another trillion dollars in debt, though. Trillion dollars in debt. Another one. Not just, oh, it's added to the six or seven trillion that we've already indebted ourselves to in the last year or two. Huge debt. Huge. 
Big number was the jobs report, of course. I mentioned that earlier, 850,000 jobs. And, you know, talked about what that did to the overall, you know, unemployment rate. Didn't help it, even though that was a pretty big number. Okay, and I go into detail in the newsletter about these things. You know, so portfolio management, uh, I talked about retail investors will purchase mutual funds in an effort to diversify their portfolio. They believe this is easier than, you know, the daunting task of research, buying, and monitoring individual stocks, which is probably true. So because the mutual funds are instantly diverse, and, you know, it can be true. But investors need to know or compare the track records of mutual funds with their peer groups. That's how you do it. You don't look at their previous performance or their last, you know, last three or five years. Look at the peer group performance. Are they doing the, with the same group of the same type of stocks, big cap, small cap, growth, value, uh, international, whatever it is? What? Who's the best of the bunch? Who's the best of their peer group? That's really how you look for them. Okay, so. That's that's how I would I would always tell you to look. A couple of stock ideas: a company that provides natural gas gathering. We've mentioned it before. I think it's been on the newsletter before, and I've talked about it on the air. Big one, nice dividend, seven percent dividend. You know, if oil and gas prices continue to climb or stay the same, they're still going to continue paying that very high dividend. I, also, I took a pleasure and leisure company that operates today much differently than it did in the past. Their management team has plans to expand into consumer markets with their own products and to license their very well-known brand name. So, anyways, there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. And it's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll get your full email report every Friday. Newsletter comes out every Friday. Okay, let's go to another caller question. Hi, this is uh, Dave from Cleveland. I love the podcast. I listen every night. Hey, my question is, I have like over 700000 in the market. I have commercial property. I have rental property. I have a sizable amount of backup. My question is, is there any circumstances that owning annuity makes sense? Or are you always better just to invest the money yourself? You'll be further ahead by doing it that way. Thanks. I'm looking forward to, to your answer. And thanks. Bye. If you have, uh, I'm going to say that almost in every situation, you'll do better yourself than buying an annuity, especially with interest rates so very low right now. You'll be better, better investing it. If you want an income, investing in income stocks than buying an annuity. Almost every situation that I can figure out, think about, not buying annuity is the best thing to do. They're expensive. You got to pay commission to whoever's selling it to you. You know, if you're going to get a fixed annuity, well, or a variable annuity, if you're a variable annuity, you're investing in the stock market. Why would you want to pay a commission to have the option of buying mutual funds, which is what a variable annuity would do? If it's a fixed annuity, you get very little return because interest rates are so very low. It's just not a good idea. It's just not. You know, and uh, also annuities lock up your money. Is there any situation where annuities are worth it? I I would say yes, there are. Um, I can see when someone is very, very scared of the market and interest rates are pretty high, 
that buying an annuity that will lock lock up a income stream for you might be advantageous. Uh, you got to remember, what, annuity is issued by an insurance company, and it's only the strength of that insurance company is how strong that annuity is. Remember, they got to survive to pay you over the next several decades your monthly income. You're going to rely on an insurance company. See, that's just not for me. I wouldn't do it. Would not do it. Okay. Uh, it is 4th of July holiday this weekend on Sunday. So to me, 2021 sure feels like it's moving pretty fast. I don't know about you, but as I get older, it seems to move faster all the time. <laughs> I guess it's just me. So on almost every podcast, I'd like to reserve a minute or two, talk about our company, KPP Financial. You know, we are very client focused. We are very uh, focused on treating everybody equally, including ourselves. We want to be on the same side of the table as you. We call it parallel investing. In other words, we buy the same thing for ourselves as we do for our clients at the same price, same percentage. Now, we also don't, we are, we, we are very firm on not buying stock ideas from a third party, not letting a third party uh, give us uh, advice on what to buy and sell, when to buy and sell. We do all our own work. And surprisingly, most registered, many, I don't say I want to say most, many registered investors, advisors don't do that. They just gather money and let somebody else manage it, and you think it's them who's managing it, and they're not. So be very careful about that. So um, if you speak with us about 10 minutes, it won't take you long, and you'll know that we're just trying, we want to help. We are there to help you manage your assets, even if we you do not become a client. That's okay. We want you to be a client, become a client, but you don't have to. And we'll still help you. Now, we're not going to give you all the ideas that we buy for our clients. And, you know, we got to save information for our clients. But we'll help guide you in your own portfolio if you just need some help. Okay, we'll do that. So, if you're interested, go to investtalk.com. Hit the Contact Us button. Send me an email. There's various ways you can call, you can call our office in Irvine, California. There's various ways you can get in touch with us. So, we appreciate it, and thank you for listening to the show. Now, uh, your rest of questions are always, always welcome, and this is all about learning more, you learning more. And we'll be back in a minute. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hello, this is Andrew from Atlanta. (laughs) Big fan of the show and greatly appreciate the information. I was calling to inquire about ticker symbol SWBI. I purchased this not too long ago. I got it at around $22.03 a share. 
and it's shot up to like $35.34. If you could please look at the chart, I'm curious what's the selling point for this, and I know it pays a pretty good dividend, and a lot of good things are happening uh, with Smith & Wesson. Any information that you can share with me is greatly appreciated. Well, it got up to over $40 in in the day, but now the next day is down here at $30.96, so it fell off today. Still up significantly, but Smith & Wesson brands uh, manufactures firearms, including revolvers, pistols, rifles, firearm-related products and accessories. And, of course, sales growth 67% the most recent quarter, over 100% the quarter before that. It was over 100% for the three quarters in a row. So now it's only growing 67%. Now it's gonna, it made $4.24 in 2020. Well, it's going to make $4.24 in 2022, but it's only only gonna make $1.90 in 2023. That's the estimate. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, is it overvalued? Well, it's a $30 stock, gonna make two bucks. That means it's a 15 PE, so it's right at the market PE. So, you know, uh, it, it's, I'd probably take some profits off the table. I might not sell at all, but I, I think I would take some profits because it's, it's at fair value right now. It really is. Turn equity is very high, 77%. Uh, they don't have a lot of debt. Very good cash flow at 566. And, you know, the more riots and turmoil going on in the country, the more uh, these kind of stocks will, will benefit. Okay. And they seem to always benefit when there's a uh, uh, a Democratic uh, president when he starts talking about trying to take away uh, uh, people's rights to own a weapon. That seems to spur them to buy more. I don't know why, but it seems to do that. Remember, we have a special Best of Podcast on Monday. This is InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here. That's to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin. Hey, Steve. This is John from Atlanta. I do everything you guys say. I buy stocks, everything, save. I have a pension plan for my work. But I'm just wondering my exit strategy when I retire. I'm 37 years old, so i got a while, but... I was just wondering, you know, what's, what's the end game? Should I hold on to something that ends dividends when I retire or cash out? You know, like, you know, those capital gains and all that. I'm just wondering what you guys' advice would be for that. Thanks a lot. Okay, the end game is, you know, com- a comfortable retirement. Now, how do we judge that? Well, you said you have a pension. That's a big head start right there because most people don't get a pension. So the end game is to have no debt in retirement, no mortgage debt, nothing. And you have income that make, keeps you very comfortable. And the income is, and the, 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 the savings that you have, the investments you have, support that income going forward. 
So right now, you're young, you don't have to worry about dividends. But as you get older, closer to uh, retirement, you may want to consider relying on dividends to live. To add to your pension, how much money, and you got to do the math, the math, okay? Uh, you have a million dollars, how much can you take a million dollars a year and live comfortably? Probably about $45,000, $50,000 a year, okay? And you probably won't run out of money, okay? And you add that to your pension. Is that supporting your lifestyle? If your lifestyle is too expensive for that, then maybe you need to change it. If it, if it is too expensive, then you need to save more money now so you can have that lifestyle that you want. That's the end game. What is going to be my lifestyle when I retire? And maybe you won't retire, but most of us will. And most of us will retire because we have to or for health reasons or because we just can't do what we used to be able to do. It's that simple. Okay? Okay, five biggest Dallas losers so far this year. What are they? Who are they? It's Verizon, Disney, Walmart, Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, okay? Now, since they're the biggest losers, does that mean we should buy them? Or should we just stay away from them because they're the biggest losers? See, the, do you know the theory, the dogs of the Dow? The dogs of the Dow is a, is a strategy of investing in the lowest price, highest dividend-yielding stocks of the Dow 30. And that strategy worked for years and years and years, giving the better-than-market returns. Uh, it's not working so great now, but when I hear the five worst big blue-chip stocks in the last six months or a year, my thinking is, well, maybe I should be buying them now. <laughs> That's how I think, you know, because why are they the losers? What, what caused them to be the worst performers? Is that going to continue? Remember, these are the big blue chip stocks, and we're talking about Verizon, Disney, Walmart, Procter Gamble, and Coca-Cola. You know, Coca-Cola is Warren Buffett's largest, I think it's his largest holding, and I know it's his longest holding. You know, Coca-Cola is, uh, you know, it's not cheap. They're going to make $2.36 next year, and it's $54 stock. So, so it's not cheap. It's not cheap enough for me, but get cheap, and I might be a buyer. They pay a 3.1% dividend at their current price. So anyways, those those are the worst performers. And don't always look at the worst performers and just dismiss them. At the same time, you got to look at them hard to figure out why are they the worst performers, and is it a short-term problem, or is it a long-term issue that you need to stay away from? And you know, we really can't answer that question. You got to look at them individual, individually. I mean, I wouldn't buy Verizon except for the dividend. That's the only reason. There's no growth there. You got to buy it for the dividend. Well, their dividend is four point four percent. Is it worth it? Pretty high dividend. Disney, Disney, I might buy because I think it has a recovery component in in its in its uh, valuation, but it's super expensive. See, there's always you got to, each individual, got to look at them individually. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your Investop downloads anytime from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. Be sure to rate, review, and rate us, please. 
Yeah, we love these five-star ratings. That really hel is helpful for us. So please give us a five-star rating if you think we're worth it. You can browse by our podcast by topics. You know, you can do that. And I've been we've been mentioning that for a while. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk, and I want you to enjoy your Fourth of July holiday this week. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.